I am unashamed. What about you? Well, I, the way I look at things, I'm not a very good uh, student, I guess. I struggled in school, obviously. But I passed. You, you said in your book that I carried you through preaching school. Oh, you did. Well, and plus you had all these nerds like Al, you know what I mean, who know these what I view as meaningless facts, which I'm glad someone knows well, them. That's you know? right. They're not meaningless. But uh, so he's he f- bought this. He said somewhere, but it it's exactly on the same page. It's new. Oh, so I, awesome. I want it. And look, the one I now have, Jace. By the way, is the same stories he's given. Remember yeah. Bob DeMoss? Oh yeah, Bob. He makes Bibles. But look, let remember, me remember we converted let me tell, him and his family. Uh, oh yeah. And he sent me this one, which was like the old one I had. Right. So oh. I have a leather back now, and it's 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 held together. I get about four years out of a Bible before they fall apart. But this one, that's been two, so that's two years old. So well, I wanted to I'm tell. Being careful they're, with it. They're getting harder and harder. To I find. wanted to tell Joel that in the mail, right now they're still running the mail despite the coronavirus. There is one of my books, Good Call, personalized, and. One of the Jace Robertson Pro Series duck calls tuned by me. It which, is, which, it Dad, is, which Dad says is the best duck call we ever made. It's the best one. I mean, better than anything he it's made. That's what it. I used all year, and I gave a little demonstration to some chick mm. from you know L.A. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you were uh, talking about the quarantine with the, the quarantine. How, how did that go? How did how did the L.A. Well, chick? You know, she was a young girl. I could tell that, <clears throat> and. uh I figured, you didn't well, call her a little girl, I figured did you? Los Angeles, California, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. <laughs> so I didn't know how she would take a guy who makes bird sounds, but she was intrigued by it all. <laughs> you know, it's weird, I have to confess. You know, how do you feel about having my name on that since you just said it was the best call ever? As long as your last name is Robertson, I don't care. <laughs> Keep it in the bloodline, Jace. Bloodline, bloodline. Now, let me tell you what happened. Cause Phil, None of us are making Phil, any money off of it anyway anymore. No, Phil, well, I, I, I am a little bit. but Y'all signed a better I, deal than me. No, I tried to quit. You know, I went into Willie's and said, you can have this. I ain't, I'm not sitting there. He's, oh. And I was thinking, whoa, whoa, what? I'm not... I'm not working, but he's like, well, but you know how, you know, the duck calls are actually made. I'm like, well, yeah. And he said, so I, I want to retain you as a consultant in case we have some problem. And I said, so what does that mean? He's like, it means you go home and do whatever you do. <laughs> which, which we've already established said, on this podcast. You don't, you don't have it's to. It's not gambling. It's skill set. Are we going to get back, I want to get back on that again. Yeah, we, let's leave it for another okay. day. We're going to rode that horse. <laughs> so I said, look, here's what I'll do. He said, when we need you, we'll call you. So I thought, well, let's just try this. Because if he calls me every other day, then we may have to, re- but I'm not coming in here building duck calls. Well, here's what happened when, I'm, you know, you know how the mold system works with their duck calls and they get, they go bad. They get off. I mean, you, when you try and to the people of the audience needs to realize you were in the, I brought you on board and, and your particular skill set, even down to making the reads at one time yeah. you headed up the, the, Production, the production yeah, of for duck years, calls for years, for years, and I understand. You taught me how everything works. Well, now 
you know, we had to train all these duck call builders when the show hit because we literally went from making a hundred thousand duck calls a year to a million. Yeah. So through that, we got a lot of people with skills who can build duck calls, but they don't know the aerodynamics of the the uh, you know the details. It's critical when it gets into modes and all. So Willie and look, he was like, "And we want to, you know." market your face since we you know became famous on the show or whatever so i was like well this might be a pretty good deal for me if i if i get paid for not showing up and just being a consultant this may be but i wasn't sure you know it's not that i don't trust him but i was like is he trying to hustle me well you know what gets me you know what gets me about si he's some kind of consultant for a pipeline company jace is a consultant you really made him a consultant but nobody has ever came to me not they have not one person said we want to pay you money just to consult, just just a little consultation. Yeah. I'm like, consultation, Jace, he's got it, Sai has it. I'm sitting down here thinking about, if you'll pay me, I'll consult people. Look, you got weeded they out. They say, no, you're out. I'm like, okay. Well, so don't look, feel bad that I'm out, too. I don't feel bad. My I'm just saying. Set, my skill set. So I'm going to tell you all the story. You would think if I trained him and Willie's going to pay him to consult, no, I'm like, no. well, Where's my consulting fee? Zero. Because he can't. Because he knows he can't. He can't. He can't manipulate. He can't manipulate manipulate you. See, he thinks he's manipulating me. But look, here's what happened. So, (laughs) I go. I go about three months. I don't get a phone call. No consultation, and I'm getting a check. I'm like, boy, this is. hmm." And you're not worried. You're not checking on it because you're. You got a sweet. As long as the money is coming. That's a good deal. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So. So, He's like an Airedale dog. He ain't as dumb as he looks. I'm out there playing golf, you know, and somebody's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm working. Willie's paying me out here <laughs> yeah. for a consultation. I'm thinking. Consultation. <laughs> he's he's consulting his mind. So, look, so then Willie calls me. He's like, we got a problem. I'm Uh-oh. like, oh, here we go. So they had this duck call that went off the rails. And so here, here look, here I'm being completely honest. Willie's not going to listen to this anyway. And so... I, I can't figure out what's wrong with the thing. You know, the mow went bad, and that we got all these parts. I'm like, what are we going to do? So I start tinkering. We start changing the mold setup, and I don't want to get into the, all the details because people won't know what I'm talking about. So I finally come Everybody up. Everybody needs to realize, just stop right there, yeah. that in the duck call world, we we have, <laughs> we have we put a lifetime of work into duplicating the sounds of, of multiple species of Correct. ducks. Correct. And to us, it's like playing uh, piano by ear. We, we, everything is, you say, well, how would you know when, when you've got a duck call that actually sounds exactly like a duck? Mm-hmm. Well, your years of experience of listening to them, you'll know when you're on their right wavelength. So it is more to it than meets the eye. So just continue yeah. your story. This stuff so, called is not sounding like it's not functioning properly to sound exact. It's like a piano note. Yeah. That note is not the not the, the right the, note. What's fascinating is forty years ago we watched you. We were kids. I mean, we watched you figure that out i mean that you had correct. you had recordings of ducks i remember some of that early stuff you did i was a man of the forest That's a man right. of the swamp you say so, so when you heard a duck the way they sounded when they flew by 
you registered that, and it was like, so I have do, to. How do I get that whistle? I have to I build a this? device that right. mimics that right. precisely. It was amazing. So look, so I send it off. You know, you have to work kind of intimately with the old man. I send it off with the new plan. Well, it comes back. It's better than what I sent, which was, how many times has that happened in our, not very often. Rare, rare, <laughs> So I'm rare. like, awesome. Made me look like a genius. So so I'm like, that. it was so good. I was like, I'd put my name on that. And so they did. I mean, that that's how it happened. And what they so, said to me was, Stone is the one that married the, uh, my, your, your daughter. Correct. Stone, that's how he got on. But now he heads up. Jace has trained him enough right. where he doing it. But I will have to admit, Jace, out of all the people we could have had, Stone is the best. Oh, he, he brought the one, and I looked down. I blew the call first, and I said, well, he said, this is our latest call when it came down to Jace's, what they call it, Jace, it's a pro series. Yeah, the Jace's Jace pro, pro series. series. So I said, oh, yeah, I bet this is going to be good. <laughs> so the, the old guy that started the whole operation, I cranked down on it. I blew it, and I said, I said, Stone, this is the best one we've ever come up with. Well, who come up with then he brought Jace in and said, no, Jace, he got out there and he... Well, it was, it was just, you know what? I got lucky. <laughs> but I used that all winter this year. That's the only one I used. Mm-hmm. Same read. Every once in a while, I get a little snuff in the read or something. You have to clean yeah. it out a little bit. Well, I but actually, overall, we sold it, was, it held up better. Yeah. The sound was precise. I mean, it was just Well, exactly I got good like news for you. So we sold them for, what, a year or so? Well, then... That we had another problem. So you're so, sending your man that gave you the Bible a autographed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll get one of those, and it's the new and improved. Because look, went, we had some more problems a year later, but actually went through the same system, and now it's better than it was the first time. It just keeps getting better. Oh, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> so I'm like, when? Till so Jace is still getting paid. Um, so obviously thank you for what was Joel? Joel. Thank you, Joel, for doing that. And some of the others have you sent me notes because we're they felt bad for Jace because you saw the condition. I mean, whole sections of his Bible are coming out. And I was I like, Jace, at some point, you know, you're just gonna be, you're gonna try to r- r- run over to first Peter and it ain't gonna be there. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, there. The last time I spoke, because it had gotten backwards because you know what's amazing <laughs> just so the people will know how in the world because I said I get four years out of a Bible before it wears out. Well, I'm looking at paper that comes from pine trees. This is where this paper came from. Can you imagine for 5,000-year-old writings going all the way back to creation, Moses, you know, 3,000 B.C., whatever, and you say, how in the world did they get that written down on animal skins or papyrus? Do you remember when we papyrus. went to? Do you remember when we How went to? How did it uh, get here? Our Bibles, we can't keep them together. Remember we went to Hobby Lobby and they took us back there to those Bible antiquities. Yeah. We saw what was it? Eighteen hundred years was the oldest one. Yeah, they had some scrolls. Yeah. eighteen hundred years old, and they, of course they're Hebrew, so you know they're written backwards from yeah. our perspective. Yeah. It was amazing, wasn't it? it was amazing. They were like in these gl- cases, you know. You and it was still it. together. You know what's yeah. weird to me though is uh, I don't know. This Just paper. to get the writings to us, we're looking at a high technology world with paper and all. Yeah. But you say, well, how many Bibles do you have to run through? 
they wear out. Yeah. I mean, you, you, the pages fall out. They, they, they get so they're torn. Well, unfortunately for most Christians, the Bible they don't wear out, which is well, a problem. But here's my weird thought for the day: What do you? I can't find. I can't find it within me to throw it away. Once I've worn it, I know I got to. I can't throw them away. I got to stack. So what is the deal? Mine are given as gifts. Different ones called. They say that old Bible you had. Somebody said he would love to have one of your Bible, and so you know, once you start underlining this and that and the other, and you got some passages, you know, you. But I don't think it would be wrong. It's not wrong. But people would. I I feel weird about it. I've never thrown a Bible away. I I mean, I have a whole. Everyone I've ever owned is 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 in a storage building because they print them. They're trying to make money. It's something you can't throw away. Do you realize that the Bible has been the best-selling book for the history of books being sold every year? Oh yeah, the Bible. Yeah, by far. I I saw that somewhere. Yeah, it's the it's the bestseller every year since they've been keeping up with books. You remember that? Rightfully so. uh, Rightfully so. Remember that Denzel Washington movie? Oh uh, yeah, Prophet of Eli. Moses. Oh yeah, the something Eli. Book of Eli. Book of Eli. That's a good. It's rated R. But if you everybody's in their houses now with nothing to do, watch that. You know. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's about it's about. Well, well, I don't want to give it away. But you need to watch that. It's good. Yeah, but don't watch it with your kids because it's red dark. So, uh, so what I was thinking was there's a lot of people have been impacted, and that's why we appreciate the gifts and stuff. We had a well, guy, Kenny. Um, I actually let my kids watch that movie. Really? I did. Was it why, – why was it red dark? Just violence? I think it's cussing and stuff. I mean, I told him, I said, you're going to hear some four-letter words in here that are not right, and if I hear you say them, I'll, wipe, I'll whip your butt. Yep. But the overall theme of this movie is worth you watching. You know, so I made them watch Saving Private Ryan. People say this is the dumbest thing ever, but I'm like, I want you to know how this country got here. And I felt the same way. It's, I it, mean, it was violent. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I said, "Boys, this is gonna be your first rated R movie, and I want you to watch." I it. had a lady at church years ago when The Passion came out, and she was like, um, "You know, Passion of the Christ." She was like, "Well, we can't." You know, I'm getting the whole church. We rented a whole theater for the church. I'm like, we got to go see this, and I want us to see it together. And uh, I'd already seen it. You know, it was just so powerfully moving. Everyone needs to see yeah, it. Yeah, and so she, but she's arguing with me. She says, well, we can't see that. And I was like. Because right, was it rated R? Rated R, yeah. She said, because it's rated R. And I was like. Let me just say something. <laughs> the Bible's rated R. <laughs> yeah, uh, all the, throughout. The Old Testament. Look, you start skimming through there. have you read the song of solomon lately yeah i mean we're talking about a woman's you know anatomy and graphic and you know read some leviticus on some of their laws yeah look having said that i've been wanting to talk about this for a while i know i've hijacked your your thought but look everybody's stuck we gotta take a break oh dude we have talked right through the break hang on we'll take a break we'll come right back So we're seeing a lot of, uh, obviously, you know, we got this uh, <clears throat> pandemic going on. We see a lot of, you know, good things happening, people rallying, helping people. I mean, I've seen a lot of real positives, but always there's going to be negatives. Well, uh, people are dying. People I mean, are dying. And yeah. then also people are stealing. You know, I, yeah. I just I saw some footage. They go in the drugstore and look, just raking it off the shelves in a bag and just walk out like they own the place. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's just standing around. So... Things like this bring out the best and worst, unfortunately, in in everybody. But there's a there's a, something that I never realized before until I heard about it recently. 
about people stealing your home title, literally the title to your home online. Yeah. They 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 hack in these systems at the bank and mortgage companies and whatever. This would this would fall into the class of inventing ways of doing evil. Romans one. That's exactly right. So there's a woman named Deborah. I mean, literally, she lost her house. They went in, they took it, they stole a bunch of money. Then she got evicted out of her own home. So you know, it's just it's what bad people will do. So we got we got a, a company, a Home Title Lock. Um, which is basically there to protect you because you don't always get it from homeowners insurance and all these other things in the bank. So this group is going to protect your home. Uh, you go to their website, hometitlelock.com, and if you enter Phil, you get one month of free protection. So you can go in there, you register, you make sure you still own your own home, which is important. Hometitlelock.com. If you use Phil, you get one month for free. So check it out. Uh, protect your home. Well, you said the Bible is R-rated, rightfully so, but I wonder if there's any violence in the Bible. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse uh, 15. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the end of the time designated, and he said it's going to last about three weeks, and uh, 70,000 of the people from Dan to Beersheba died you're like what you mean it's a a, a pestilence a plague in time judgment on his own people that's what it says so so all i say is somebody said well where in the world has come you can't blame god i'm like well he's done it before in some cases i just read your deck Mm -hmm. one of many i've told people that many times though with you know if if you're you have a relationship with god you understand jesus you know, we talk more about the cross probably in the religious world, which is fine because that's the death for our sins. But you can't leave out the resurrection. If we're in good graces with God who has the ability to raise dead people from from the ground, death is, is just not viewed as a problem right. with him. So what I was going to tell you, since we're spending so much time While you're there, being Jace. quarantined. <laughs> Why you there, Jay? <laughs> Oh, I wasn't the, really anywhere. The, yeah, but mentioning <laughs> mentioning uh, people's zero win on the cross and say nothing yeah. about the resurrection. The Apostle Paul, this is First Corinthians uh, about fifteen, about oh, twelve. I love it. Come on. Uh, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. The Apostle Paul said, if there's no resurrection, I'm to get here to y'all. I'm fighting wild beasts. I don't know exactly what he meant, but <laughs> evidently he had a, had a little uh, uh, ruckus. A, a melee with wild beasts. With wild beasts. He says, at? look. Where's that at? First Corinthians 15. 15. Where? The, about verse uh, uh, 31. 31. Yeah. But so if you read that, Al, you say, you know, what he's just saying is, look, if there's no resurrection— the problem is in America right now is our people are eating, drinking, being merry because tomorrow we die. Hmm. They don't believe in the resurrection. Yeah. I wonder if they put him in like a gladiator thing with the wild beast or whatever. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. It been. I hadn't really noticed that before. But uh, what I was going to say is there's a new show out, highly controversial. It's called. It's on Netflix called The Messiah. I saw the ads for it like – 
before oh, the first season came. I watched it. Look, because we've worked with Hollywood for years, and as critical as I am of Hollywood overall, I mean, most most of the time I'm, you know, just horrible. And by the way, R-rated movies typically are bad, which is why we sat. But, you you know, you just can't throw your brains away right. and say every R-rated but, movie. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to watch this because I want to know what they're projecting to the world about the Messiah. You know what? I was pleasantly surprised. I I thought it was good because now it's rated R. I'm just going ahead and clarifying that. If you can't, you know, spit out the bones while you're eating the fish, don't watch it. It's if they you use, filmed what they, the Bible says yeah. when it gets into sinful behavior and immorality and everything else. True. If you just filmed what is said, Oh, it would be double, well, double triple. Well, X. it would. Mel, Mel, the the Mel difference Gibson is did it. he did it with the with what happened to Jesus, and it, huh. trust me, well, it's very R rated. And this is a little different, just because like like you read the Bible, you're not going to see an f bomb or whatever, but right. you watch the Messiah, you're going to hear a few. But it's not in the grand scheme of things. It's not that bad. It's not like a crime, you know, a gangster whatever you know it's not every other word but here's what i'm saying all they did was ask the question and i'm not going to ruin the show for you it's like 10 episodes they asked the question is jesus if if you had a modern if jesus came like today that's basically kind of the gist of it who do you say jesus is and so they walk that line they basically portray is he just an imposter or is he actually the son of god and so, uh, you know what? That was that, the argument then and now. That's why it works for me, the show, because they they don't you know if they'd have had Jesus doing something, anything wrong or sinful, I'm out on that. But it was there's like that. There. There's a somebody did a movie years ago called The Last Temptation of Christ, some big name, maybe Scorsese, somebody. And in it, Jesus has an affair with this, you know. Oh, yeah, you I know never, I've I mean, never seen that. And I mean, to I me, heard that, about that it. I never work. even watched it. Now, here's what I think offended religious people is, uh, of course, I'm thinking, what kind of religious zealot are you anyway if you watched it? You know, if you were, like, saying, here's why I'm offended. Well, I mean, I thought you didn't watch rated R shows. <laughs> but anyway, here's why they got Do so they offended. they even rate them, though, on Netflix? Are they even rated? I'm just telling you, it's rated. I know R. you. I know because you saw. Uh, it, but I'm saying, I think it's mature. I don't even know. I think that they it says it. mature. Oh, okay, it's not. There's not. I hate to say what. Yeah, you're not. gonna say that. Look, if there's gonna... anything in there that was really bad, I fast forwarded it because I don't remember anything. But here's what: why people got offended in the religious world because it makes the religious people look terrible. But guess what? A lot of what they were portraying is actually true about religious people. Like one of their concepts was tying everything about their religion to the actual building like you go to the building it's like let me give you an example the the pastor at the local church his wife well you know she had some issues and so did the pastor by the way which he dropped a couple f-bombs you know and i'm sure people are like well now i can't believe they're portraying a pastor's wife well i got news for you in real life there are pastor's wives who have dropped f-bombs it, it it's happened Probably, yeah, yeah it happens a lot. Probably. Well, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> it's like, but you see something like that and say, well, that would never happen. Oh, we're, we're flawed human beings. That You know, did they have to show it? Maybe not. But that's real life. Some people, you know, they have we have moments of weakness or whatever. 
And so I'm saying that kind of stuff I think is what people found offensive. But overall, I think they pretty much got it right. You know, now a lot of what what happened in there from a theological standpoint, which you know we we can devote a whole podcast to this. What happened was is when people thought this may be the Messiah, the religious world. Well, they since they have a different view, like of Revelation, or you know, here's the uh, the afterlife where these wars are going to happen. I, I don't know what view we can sum up that view. There's there's a word like this long to sum that up. But well, they show all them, but that would happen in our life mm-hmm. if people thought that Jesus was actually here. People who have a different view of what's going to happen in the afterlife, they're coming. Yeah. So all these religious people, they're like, well, it's time to go to war. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. So they portray that, but that that's the truth. There are people who believe that. The most on, religious on, people on the... Hold on. Let's take a break and then uh, come back with that. This is, here's a group of individuals, the most religious group on the face of the earth at the time Jesus was on the earth. He said to them, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the difference between good men and this group. Well, these these were the pillars of mm-hmm. the religious world at the time. That's right. For Jesus to call them a brood of snakes, <laughs> that's pretty blunt. Yeah. I usually don't call anybody, even if they're out there, especially people in the religious world. I usually don't use the terminology, you bunch of snakes. All right. But well, I, it says even in Second Corinthians that the devil himself masquerades as an angel of light. And, well, the, the his, religious people were the bad guys of the Gospels. Yeah. I mean, you know, the look, Pharisees. That's why many people in America have an aversion to what they call organized religion because this was the epitome of organization yeah, organized right. religion. Right, well, look, right. full disclaimer, there's two or three episodes of this the series at the end that was very difficult for me to watch because they were leaning toward imposter, 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 you know, and so you're just, it's like you're taking jab because as a lover of Jesus, well, I believe in everything he is and does. So when they tried to make him look like an imposter, which I realized, well, that's Hollywood doing it because they're, they want to bounce off both where you're not sure which one it is, which is in reality. He was labeled with that throughout his ministry. Imposter. But at the, but at the end, you know what? They were, I thought fair. If you can make it to the end and, and you, and you're not sure that's what made you, that's what kind of made the show work is you know, they worked the plot line of, is he really the son of God? Well, here's all this evidence. Well, here's what I want to say about the show from a biblical the- theological viewpoint. You got to remember that all the people in Jesus's day, because you, if you put yourself in that day and you say, what would I think? Because that movie or the TV series really kind of makes you think that way. You're like, what would I think if I saw a miracle? Would I... Would my first instinct be, no, that had to be a trick? Or did he do it? Well, think about what Jesus did. You got four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All the miracles he did. He fed the 5,000. He healed people. He, you know, he walked on the water. And Well, after all that happened, you get to the book of Acts, chapter 1, and it says the believers were together in one place. And I'm thinking the number would have been at least 100,000 just from people who had seen the miracles. 
Yeah. And it's 120. <laughs> what? And that's why I like the show because even if you saw a miracle in your mind, you have to do something with that. You got to think, well, wait a minute here. You know, you, I mean, just think if you actually saw a miracle in real life. Your mind would have a hard time believing it. Look, even if you saw it. And when it got right down to the crucifixion, they've been running with him three years, a group of individuals who had witnessed the miracles. Jace, mm -hmm. they all hit the road. They all hit the road. They all hit the road. Why it did, wasn't I, enough I, to keep them there. And look, even when I read, I think, a couple podcasts ago in Luke 24, when he showed himself the scars, and it says, then they believe or right before that it says it they said they still didn't believe because of joy they and believed, amazement yeah but but some doubted i mean <laughs> yeah but then it says they still didn't believe because of joy and amazement it was like it's too good to be true i'm happy i'm amazed but <laughs> i just don't I, believe it <laughs> because think about it have you ever seen anything come back to life nope no nope. you ever seen anybody really walk on the water nope. now there's been people who've walked on the water before as a trick you know they put it out there they're like, because I don't want to give the show away, but there's moments in there. Just think if you had a modern-day Jesus doing the exact same thing. Well, now in our TV world, everything he was doing was going viral. Because they're like, but you see other things that go viral that seem to be superhuman or miraculous, and you're thinking, yeah. I mean, think about all the UFOs. They got all these pictures. You know, you've, oh, yeah. You've seen the same one. I mean, you got Bigfoot out there. I mean, we took a yeah. picture of Martin on a deer cam, and guess what? I thought it was Bigfoot. When yes. I first saw it, I thought, you have found Bigfoot. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Martin. He works it's for Burley. What's that oh, commercial yeah, say? What's that commercial say when that old girl's asking about it? You know, what do you think about Bigfoot? And she, he said, Bigfoot? He looked down at his feet when they were big. He said, my name's Dale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way I feel about Burley. Sorry, Martin. I called Martin. Well, Bar Martin has Bigfoot he's tendencies. Got, yeah, he's got a big head. And Neanderthal big... look. Yeah. I love how you label people, Phil. I mean, the first time he met Martin, what did you call it? Horse, Horse head. head. Yeah. I thought... I mean, the guy's nervous about being Phil. He's a new employee. Willie's like, here's, you know, he's going to start working for us. And, and henceforth, you shall be known as Horsehead. Phil said, you got a head like a horse. <laughs> so then he was named Horsehead for about two years. Yeah. I mean, you want to be around here, you better have thick skin. That old Burley. Old Burl. Yeah. He's so a, where were we, Al? I don't know where we were. I took a detour. We weren't anywhere. <laughs> Two or three times I tried to start us, and we got off to. We, let's but introduce. That was really good. Yeah, was, let's introduce what we're going to do from the Book of John. Yeah. Be, well, let me let me tell you this short story, and then that'll get us to John three, because John three yeah. is where we're going to be for a while. Because you know what the oh, number man. one, which this is weird, the number one email that we're getting because you're sending them to me, they're sending them to Al. He sends them to me. And every once so, in a while, I send some to you. You get a new Bible. I'm like, okay, uh, this is a good one. But uh, <laughs> I'm only sending you the one, the good one. For some reason, uh, people are asking about you know baptism a lot of so much. It's the number one issue that people ask about, and so we figure, based on that, we would spend a couple podcasts on it because we're in John three. As yeah, I knew we were going to get goes. to John three, which really explains a lot about baptism, and so. So a lot of you have been sending questions about baptism. But I was going to mention a, a guy named Kenny uh, that came through a few weeks back. 
and a great guy, a seeker. You know, so he was searching for that relationship with God. The podcast has really spoken to him, and uh, he's a poker player, Jace. And, oh, uh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And he's, Let's not get back into that. I don't <laughs> he, have time. To... So, But he told Dad, uh, I think he told Dad, or maybe it was Cy, because Cy made him too. He was like, I'm a poker player, and Cy was like, me too. And, uh, he now, said, see, Cy's a gambler. Yeah. Who plays poker. So you keep going there. So okay. he said, here's the thing. I think he told this to Dad. He was like, I'm only three quarters in. I'm ready to go all in. And he made the motion of the chips going in. The, and he meant mm-hmm. spiritually. And so he did. And um, and Dad baptized him. And uh, it was really – the reason I bring it up is, is you know, I know Kenny listens. And the so. river right back behind Yeah, me, yeah. Right there. Oh, so, really? That, right behind That's me. dedicated. I like it when people get baptized in the winter. In the river. Yep. Because you know what? That's dedication. That's right. Because <laughs> they're fixed to freeze their butt off. <laughs> Hang on. Take a quick break and I'll finish the story. So, yeah. So, so Kenny, you would have loved this baptism because Dad was being all compassionate because Kenny was like, I'm ready to go. And Dad was like, here, put these waders on. It won't be quite so cold on you. So, but when you get baptized in waders, something happened that I've never seen before. I've never seen well, both wait a minute people. now. Yeah, he had waders on and dad had waders on. Well, that wasn't a good idea. It, it, right. And the re- well, dad was trying to be compassionate. He didn't want to get cold. You're going to fill your waders up. Well, he tied. No, nope. <laughs> nope. just you're way behind the curve. Did he get wet? No, listen. You strap the chest on his waders. You strap what? that tight right here. You strap it tight. Your baptism is you die to sin and you're buried. So you're going under the water. You die to I, sin, I, I, I therefore you're Roman. buried with Christ. Your Roman faith, six. Your I faith is saving you. Coming together. So look, so when he goes down, it's 1001, and he comes back up. The water does not have time other than just a little seepage. And that's but, true. But if you're going to baptize people in a wilderness-type area in the wintertime, I just wanted it to make it, make it easier for him. As far so, as here's, the shock of the cold water, but here's, I made it I'll easy. Say, for I'm gonna disagree. Let them just get <laughs> he the was full ready. effect. He said, "I I need some cold." Was Kenny's word. But look, here's what happened. So this was funny. You'll appreciate this. Dad probably didn't even realize it happened. So when Dad takes him under, what happened was he, he had that was tight around his chest. Mm-hmm. Well, there's air in there. Yeah. So when he took him back, his boots popped up out of the water like that big air rush mm-hmm. was inside there. Well, he was like a cork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He just went whoop, and he, and he like when you took him down, his feet went straight up out of the water. I've never seen that happen before because most people their legs stay mm. under the water, and when he came up because it's deep down there at that flooded boat dock, yeah, he came up. The look on his face because like I think he thought he was fixing to take off because it had to have felt like this wind rush. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Kenny is is a new brother. Fired up about. I mean, he drove home that, and he said, "Tell what he did." I got so, the check right here. So yeah, so that's why I'm telling the story. So he um, he owns a, a restaurant chain, and of course, coronavirus has hit him super hard. So I sent him a note uh, yesterday because he sent me a letter when I got back home from my last trip. He sent a letter just thanking us for you know being a guide for him and and for, and for you baptizing him. And so in your name and my name and Lisa's because we had him over for dinner. Mm-hmm. He sent a check to Miamu, yeah. uh, five grand for yeah. and it, just as a you know thank you. For, he said you know I, you know I'm all in. So it was interesting. So I sent him a note and I said, well, hey, how are you faring? You know with this coronavirus, you got a restaurant chain. You know not good. I mean yeah, restaurants I mean, are that, that's terrible for 
So he said, here's what he said. He sent me a note, and I wanted to mention it because I thought it was the, the right approach in, in our mindset. And this is a brand-new Christian. And he said, you know, I've, I've lost 50% of my business. I mean, these franchises, you know. He said, I'm sending them notes, and I know you, you're probably having a hard time paying your fees. Pay me what you can pay me. Pay your employees. Try to do the right thing. You know, if you getting shut down. He said, but you know what? As a Christian now, as somebody that's all in for Christ, he said, I'm not even worried about it. He's like, the Almighty's going to take care of it and take care yeah. of me. And I thought, you know, so I thought about him coming to Christ right before this pandemic hits. He's got a huge restaurant chain. Obviously, he's got a good heart. He, you know, donated to Miyamu. But I thought, man, for him, it was the timing could not have been more yeah. perfect to now understand the Christian side of things where you're like, you know what? Even if we got a business, even if we're struggling, I mean, we have a struggling business. Mom and I have a bakery together, and we had to sh- shut it down for a while. But we're not like just wringing our hands. Lately, I, and it, and he comes to mind when one walks with God, one is never alone. Right. Exactly. He 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 gets that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. that's a. That's what I church leaderships across the country. Because you know me, Al knows this is a sore subject with me. I cannot stand like these churches that do a series on giving, you know, because they look at the numbers. I know where this is coming from. I'm like, they went in there and look, well, contributions are down. Let's do a series on giving. I'm like, if you want people to give, you do the same thing you do with anything else in life. You get them hooked on Jesus. Mm. You know, when somebody surrenders or like he said, I'm all in for Jesus. And then at the worst time to be a restaurant owner, during the coronavirus, where they literally <laughs> shut you down, yeah, can't go in there. Yeah, the stocks of the restaurant stocks. Trust I was me, gonna ask they you went that the other day. south. Yeah, you know, I only have a couple, but uh, of course, they'll so what be point back. do you want to buy them back? See, that was nice because at some point they're going to come back. Oh, they're coming. You're just kind of timing it out. Uh, it, it, you got to remember if you you can't look at the stock market as real money, even though it is, because it's almost like a game. Like that, like I think one of the best. Let me give you, a, you know, these people. They, people, uh, you know, on TV, they never give stocks, actual stocks, because they're they feel like that. You know, what if they're wrong too? But I'll give you one. Uh, Texas Roadhouse. It's a it's an up up and coming stock. You know, they 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 figured out how to make money. Well, that thing I was way up in it, and then the coronavirus hit. So guess what? Now I'm way down. So I didn't sell it because it went down so fast that I couldn't sell. I mean, it just, I mean, I guess I could have tried it, but, and so guess what? When it, it went down for what, three or four days, you know, when it got really low, I just started buying some more. Well, since then it's already rebound. I'm almost back to even just because when you, when you buy all the way down, well, now you've cut your cost in half. Well, I thought it was a good model before that. Now it's cheaper. So it, it'll come back. Look, there's one thing about humans that I know. They got to eat. That's right. And there's so <laughs> many yuppies in this world that their people are not, you know, cooking for themselves. They're sitting there staring at the ceiling, wondering when they can go back to the roadhouse. And, and look, we want to encourage you guys to, to get takeout and help these guys because they're, I mean, we've been, I've been doing it just. I mean, I got plenty of food to cook, but I've been doing it just so I can help these restaurants because, I mean, yeah. you know, stay in business. So if you're in the Carolina area, uh, Highway 55 uh, is, a, is a burger joint. That's uh, Kenny's Places. So uh, give them some business. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and get into John 3. 
Well, let's introduce John three. Yeah. So basically, that's all we have time to do. Um, we've been, you know, it's been uh, a little while since we were in John, but we're right after the, you know, Jesus. We had the wedding, and we talked about the change in the water into wine. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus kind of had what I call the temper tantrum, uh, temple tantrum, where uh, he went in and flipped the tables and turned everything over. Oh, and you preached that. Yeah, that's on our website, by the way. Uh, and it was, Church. I thought it was excellent. I thought one point you made that was really good, and we're talking about giving money and despite difficult times and stuff like that. When you made the point about where it says uh, in 24, 224, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all men because he knew you know that what their what was in their what, heart what, what was in their heart right he did not need man's testimony about man for he knew what was in a man but I, you made a point i'll let you make the point about how jesus trusts us because he knows us well i thought it was a really good yeah point. and i talked about how I, I went back and used job as an example and there are a lot of other people in the bible that Abraham was one who was called a friend of God. So, you know, it's the idea that we only think of it as a one-way relationship, that God is so great and we're so bad, but God doesn't look at us that way. I mean, he he mm-hmm. trusts us. He calls us his friend, like Abraham or Job. Despite or our flaws. Despite our flaws. You know, you know, he knows that. But I thought that was a really good point because you think, here I am in the coronavirus. You know, we talked about Kenny, and he owns the restaurants, and but he comes to the Lord. He knows he's going to live forever. It's giving him purpose now. He his mission now is not to make money; it is to make disciples, just like he is, and yep. use what he has to help that. And then he's by no admonishment from us on his own says, "You know what? The last thing." The evil one would expect me to do right now with me, you know, struggling them in the restaurant business is to give money to some people who need it. Well, you think about these families. That his, have, his, his rate of income, nose dive, but he was still generous. He's generous. He gets well, it. he's given. He look, think about the families who have kids with cleft lip and palate during this time, who may be out of a job, who they're already financially strapped. Jace, you were in the boat most of the time once you became about 12, 15 years old. And you too, Al, y'all rode around with me. I'm raising the nets. When I left, y'all would go down. Try eight or ten. Yeah, (laughs) y'all would go down there and you would run them. I said, y'all got to run the nets. I got a trip going somewhere. So Jace would run them, you know. But from there – just moving forward, you stay faithful to the Lord. You say, out of that kind of out there on cold, rainy days, I mean, it it was rough. Oh, so and, you, and you look back at it, you said they just stayed the course, so, kept their faith in God, and they looked up one day. And well, here's the way. Here's the way I tell it when I'm speaking to an audience because you know, I'm visual. So I when I give my speech, different from y'all, I I do it in picture. I have pictures. And on the screen, and no notes, just pictures. And I go by the pictures, and so I show a picture of our family in 2017. It was the last night we filmed Duck Dynasty, and it's a stately picture. You've probably seen it before. It's in Willie's living room, and all of our families are there, and everybody. Look, you know, it was the end of an era. You know, it was the last time we were going to film together, and I show that picture. Well, you know, I'm speaking to audiences that love our show and love the family, and so I said, "What about this family? Oh, we love that family, and everybody claps." And I was like. But you know what? Way back before this picture, you know, 
there were struggles, and I talk about some of your past, some of my past, some of the issues we had, and then I also talk about the 40 years that we spent down here doing just what you described. And I said, we were literally living on manna. I mean, God would send enough fish into nets for us to eat and pay the bills. Mm-hmm. That's manna. I mean, that's what he did with the children of Israel. Yep. So I was like, and you know why I think he did it? Because he, because he's outside time, he, he knew that family in 2017. He knew we were going to be people going to love us and people were going to you know want to talk to us and be like us and blah, blah, blah. But he didn't want us to think it was us. So he put us through a 40-year humility training program. No doubt about right it. Right out here on the Washtenaw River. So when the day came, when we'd be, you know, people think we're, we're a big deal, we'd say, no, nah, it's not really us. It's it's him. Yep. <laughs> he did. Yeah, we're, so, we're river rats. We're river rats. But we have the Holy Spirit of God, That's right. which makes us indestructible and have something to say. Exactly. So we didn't really introduce Nicodemus, and we're out of time, but... Well, I I think they should read it. Yeah, I think so. Read John three, mm-hmm. uh, read it carefully, and in our next podcast, we're going to dive into. This is a great story, a lot of really good stuff, and we're going to answer a lot of baptism questions because they're right here. Oh, I think text. John three is should be in the top five chapters of the Bible. Oh, you are correct. John chapter three. We, think about what's the most famous John 3, verse. Sixteen. You see it everywhere. Oh. Okay. There you go, right in the middle. There's your teaser. So check it out uh, next time on Unashamed. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.